Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know what? I love that new music that we've got right at the start. It's just awesome. It's got that little rocky vibe that I like to it. But anyway, as normal, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever the hell you might be listening to this. Welcome back to the Lower League's Look, Lower League Looks National League podcast. I should be able to say Lower League Look these days. I've been doing it for, what, two years now, so I don't know how I'm still getting mixed up with my words. I'm back. Aaron's back. How you doing, mate? Hello, mate. I'm okay. I'm good. I feel like these Mondays roll around very, very quickly, don't they? I mean, I don't com- I'm not complaining because I get to spend time with my favourite Scottish person, but it does feel like we, we, we're pumping these out a bit now. I think it's probably because I do two a week now with the preview show as well. But it feels good. It feels good. I'm ready to oh, dissect. You you've got a busy. You've got a busy schedule with us now, so you've got busier, and I've just not got as busy. Because you're doing the preview pod with, with Lauren, which, do you know what? It was great. Well done to you guys. I absolutely loved listening to it. Editing, not so much because you just forgot to put an ad break in. But <laughs> we've covered that. You guys won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we, we just like to make you earn your corn, Grant. That's all we like to do. But do you know what? Kudos to you. You, you, you put a good little... But at the end of introducing it, and there was a nice area to to slot it back in. So yeah, you wouldn't even notice it if you were just listening to it. You wouldn't even notice it. That's that's why I'm the producer and the editor of this. Show. <laughs> I'm going to blow my own trumpet here. Basically, what he's trying to say is I'm not as smooth as I make out. <laughs> <laughs> smooth criminal, you're Aaron. Right, you might you might think I'm being a little bit more clean cut on this podcast because my wee one won't go to bed. He sat right next to me, and I can't have him picking up what I say half the time. Otherwise, <laughs> my wife will absolutely kill me. So, 
I'm going to try and keep this one a little bit clean from my side. Aaron, probably not so much, though he's already oh, I'm gonna he's try. already he's already sit, done less than what he said last week after three minutes. <laughs> like it took him a couple of minutes and he already started <laughs> dropping disability jokes in. So yeah. There, there we go. Should we should we crack straight on with the weekend's action? Because do you know what? There was a lot of games where there was a bit of nothing in it, but there was some really important results this weekend in the mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of being able to make the playoffs and a team finding form, teams dropping into the playoffs. Again, another team in the, the relegation battle and one team that's down in the relegation battle and one team that's hopeful of, of making the playoffs. So a lot happened and a lot didn't happen. So should we should we crack on to the game that we we kind of thought we'd slot in here last minute because we spoke about it last week. We spoke about the form of Rochdale and how this game could potentially be a little bit do or die for their season. They went to Altrincham. Three now. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. On the preview podcast, I marked this as probably like to the eye. I thought this was going to be the you know the game of the round, probably potentially in terms of it was two teams that have like playoff aspirations. But I think mm-hmm. it just kind of showed, didn't it? Like obviously it's three back to back defeats now for Rochdale, and and it it showed I think the areas of quality that Rochdale lack, and that's not that's not down to Jim McNulty, and it's not necessarily down to the players, you know. We can say it every week, but that's down to the lack of probably the funding from the ownership and, uh, and not getting the players in that they need to compete. But really, you you seen you seen a player like um, Chris Con Clark on on Saturday who just basically just came into his own and, and was the best player on the pitch. And when you've got when you've got proper quality in key areas of the pitch, you're always going to lose the battle no matter how much like grit and determination you have and we've spoke about Rochdale's grit and determination for weeks yep. and, and that's something we'll always give them flowers for but I just think I think they're beginning to tie in I think they've kind of lost they've lost their impetus and and yeah like I, I said a couple of weeks ago you know I said to me as a neutral a positive finish to the season for Rochdale would be top half and some yep. takeover news and now I think I'm looking more and more sort of reliable with that take I think yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a terrible take at all. And I know Rochdale fans will be will want to be in and about the playoffs, but I do think just a, a solid end to the season, not finishing in the playoffs, finishing and trying to get into that top half of the table. I think they would see that as an all right season. I know that they wouldn't have took that at the start of the season, same way that we wouldn't have took took that as as Hartlepool fans. The but, thing is, though, Grant, you say I don't think they would have took it at the start of the season. But what you have to remember with Rochdale is, at the start of this season, they knew they were in a bad, you know, yeah. a bad place off the field. They had 15, 16 fit players, so it's like there's a part of me that thinks that from speaking to Rochdale fans that I know, a lot of them say that they would take this season because a, a few of them are expected to be embroiled into a little bit of a relegation scrap because they've only got. X amount of players to choose from, and you know they they've had 
finance problems. They've had injury problems. So yeah. I guess it's, there's a side, two sides of the coin in the real. Like there's a side of obviously your first season and everyone thinks you know your first season at national league level you think oh yeah this is going to be a piece of piss we'll go to mm-hmm. king's Lynn, we'll go to bloody york and we'll beat everyone three nil but then there's like <laughs> there's the realistic side of it and you're like yeah. considering the cards we've been dealt i think most rochdale fans should be at least content i wouldn't say happy but i would definitely say content no i i, I would yeah i would agree with that take i think that's a good take on things I mean, Altering was never going to be an easy game for them either, because Altrincham are they're still knocking on the door of the automatics. Yeah. Oh, we've lost Aaron's camera. We can still hear Aaron, I think. Hello. We can Am still, still hear you. Yeah, okay, we've just we've just lost your face, Aaron. I don't know why, but we can we can work through it as long as we can still as long as we can still Oh he's back. back. There we go. He is sign bad. of the gods, that it's sign of the oh. gods. Nobody wants to see this ugly much. That's what it is. <laughs> see, Altering was never going to be an easy game for them this weekend, though, was it? Because they no. are still they're knocking in the door of the automatics. And, and what 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 worries me about altering them a little bit is everyone they seem to be getting stronger week one week when the the rest of the competition for the playoff places, including <laughs> us, are probably getting you know weaker and weaker. I guess I was going to say the automatics. Like, why am I saying automatics? There's only one automatic in this league. <laughs> I was gonna. I, you know, I didn't want to try I and brush past that. I, you know, um, I, keep, I keep forgetting that only one team goes. Oh, I don't forget because I harp on about it every other week about how much I hate the two up, two down, and the playoff system, and the play, and the final playoffs. So, we, so they don't need to go through that eliminator. Apologies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the thing is, we've all them, I think. I know Gate said I've had I've had sort of an up and down sort of like last couple months, but with, when I think of proper football insides, for me, I think the best football insides in this division are Altrincham and, and Gateshead. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's a surprise to see Altrincham do as well as they're doing. But it does worry me a little bit with somebody that expects to sort of be in and around the playoffs that they seem to be getting stronger when your likes yeah. of your Halifaxes, your Oldhams, your Rochdales are getting a bit more inconsistent. And I think the teams that always tend to do well in the playoffs, I don't know whether you agree, Grant, they're the ones that will maybe put, you know, a six, seven game winning streak towards the end of the normal season. And then they carry yep. that moment, they carry that momentum on then to the you know, into the playoffs. Yep. Well you look at the last two seasons for teams that have went up via the playoffs. So you had Hartlepool went up, but threw a good run together. And then Grimsby, they done it. So and then well the Notts County or Notts County, aren't they? Mm, yeah. They've just done it because they're Notts County. But the two seasons before that, it was your two teams putting a good run of form through, breaking into the playoffs and then running through that eliminator, then getting through the playoff final. It's It can it can easily happen. There's always a late comer. Yep, definitely. And we've, we've said this a, a couple of weeks in a row, there's always a late comer that's going to spoil everyone's party and piss on their parade. So we'll see if someone does we'll see if someone does it this season. We spoke about teams that we think will break in like Oldham. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. So do you see that as Rochdale's season is done now? I mean unless like I said, unless the cape because the thing is on paper, Rochdale have got some fantastic footballers mm-hmm. that can win them you know, multiple games on the bounce, but that's the territory I think they're in now. I think they need to, if they're going to push for it, they need to maybe win 3-4 on the spin. 
yeah. I don't know whether they can do that with you know with the like the size of the squad. Um, but you look on paper, you've got like um, Tyree Sinclair, who I think is on his day is magical. You've got mm-hmm. you know I know he's had his heart problems, but they have Devante Rodney. You probably say, say he's yep. too good of a striker to be at this level. Um, George Never, who has been linked with you know big big moves before his injury. Um, so they've got they've got the quality there, but I just don't think they've got enough strength in depth. Really, I think that's what I'm doing. I I would agree. And did you see a three 0 defeat coming for them at all this weekend? What did you predict in your so, predictions? If I go back to my predictions, I'm actually quite proud of this one. So I said three one to Altrincham. Oh, so, you know, you're not you weren't far off it because Rochdale hit the woodwork. Yeah, I wasn't too far. Loz said two uh, one to Altrincham. So we need to work out who got who. who did, in terms of the scoring system, I don't really know who's won that one. <laughs> well, he's both got he's both get the result right on it. So yeah, he's both should get. I think you should both get a point for that. Okay, I like that. I like that. You got you got the outcome of who is going to win right. None of you's got the score bob on. If he's got the score bob on, then that's more points. I think I am closer with the score though, considering I, I predicted Doesn't three. So. Doesn't matter. I think Doesn't I matter. think Ram might need to get off the fence and, and remove the splinters from his ass. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you you got the, he's both got the score wrong, but he's both got the result right. <laughs> Speaking of goals and people scoring a lot, Dagging up. Oh. Wow, they the is, demolished Oxford seven one. So with the with this result, I, I definitely seen a, a Daggers win. You know. Like Oxford, I think Oxford are sort of brown bread anyway. Before this result, really, I think they were really starting to struggle, and the golfing in quality was a bit too much for them. But like bottom of the league or not, that's got to hurt your pride and hurt your ego a little bit, and it is a little bit unacceptable, really, if we're, if we're being a bit black and white with it, isn't it? Really. Um, so. Sorry, my wee one's just shouting random things. This podcast going to be filled, filled full of I, I heard your wee one said it was also unacceptable. Then, to be fair, <laughs> it really is. Thing is, if you're an Oxford City fan, you've seen you've seen some results that they've had this season. They've had some good ones. They, they beat Hartlepool away, and yeah, they've just they've had some random shock results. But yeah. To be yeah, fair, though, kinda... up until a couple of weeks ago, anyone could be out of pull away. That's very, it's very true. Until Kevin Phillips came in the door, we were just whipping boys for some people. So, just um, reminding us about that again. But yeah, in terms of from a Dagenham, a Dagenham perspective, it's you know clinical, very very clinical day at the office. Like everything they seem to touch seems to turn into goals, which I know is very cliche, but it did in this, did in uh-huh. this uh, this setting. Of course, it did. Um, and then you've got. Um, Reese, um, Josh yep. Reese netting a hat trick, and that now takes him to 10 league goals from midfield, which is is quite impressive, really, to get double figures from midfield. Um, you no, know he's, he's a player I've got a hell of a lot of time for, Josh Reese, and it goes, it goes back to a football manager game. Like, you know, when sometimes you just find a player on football manager and you get an affinity to them. He he's one of these players that I signed. So I've done a Borumwood game and I took took them up to League One, and Josh Reese became my captain. So I had him and I had Owen Bailey, who was at Gateshead, now he's at Doncaster, were two players in my midfield, and I pretty much built my team around them. And 
you can just you can see from there that he was always gonna that he's a player and I'm not surprised to see him back in ten goals this season. Yeah, I mean he's definitely got the you know the technical ability and and um luckily for Dagenham the Oxford were able to get a first class ticket to see that ability really. And um but yeah from from an Oxford Oxford perspective then Grant, I mean we have kind of written them off for the last couple yeah. of weeks and said it probably is looking like a relegation, but do you think that almost not confirms it? But what what worries me with a result like that is it can either go one or two ways. It can either you know give you a bit of a rocket up the arse and then you know kick on and uh, and respond next game, or or with a team that's like proper down on confidence, like I imagine Oxford are, they could just continue to spiral now and really sort of struggle for the last sort of third of the season. Which way do you see it going? I think it is going to be a struggle for them for the next third of the season. You look at their next run of games, so they've got Southend, then they've got Eastleigh, then they've got Gateshead, then they've got Aldershot, Rochdale, and then Chesterfield. It's not a nice run of games for them, but I don't think no. there's any nice run of games for Oxford City when they're in the position that they are just now. I think it's a case of trying not to repeat what happened this weekend for them. Not have five, six, seven put past you and try and keep score lines fairly respectable and not yeah. go down without a whimper. I'd love to see them get a couple of wins along the way. I, well, I this is what I was this is what I was up. gonna say. In terms of fan expectation, obviously we can't speak for Oxford fans if if there is any Oxford fans listening, get in touch and tell us. But the, the, going about how they got promoted last year, do you think they would have expected such a I, I I think I almost think they might have expected a relegation fight, but I don't know whether they would have expected to struggle this much. What what is your sort of thoughts on on like where they perceive themselves to be? I think yeah, I think they will have expected to be in a relegation fight this season. I don't think they will have expected it to be rock rock bottom for the majority of the season. On that one, sorry again, everyone. <laughs> this is just going to be an interrupting child. That's going to be the episode name: interrupting child. Sorry, professionally unprofessional. I, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think they've seen themselves being rock bottom for pretty much the entire season. But do they have the infrastructure to to compete with some of the teams? We talk about the money that's at this level. Yeah. That probably shouldn't be in this level because there's yeah. not really an element of financial fair play. But yeah, I, I just don't think they have the infrastructure there. Also, there's another there's Oxford, there's another Oxford team that's a, an established EFL club. Yes. It takes a lot away from a smaller club. And I think that's another difficulty that they may find. Will they find their feet in the National League South again? Probably. But is this just a step too far for them at the moment? I think so. Yeah, I'd have to agree, to be honest. And I know I've touched upon it for weeks now, but I think this this year we've really seen the difference between the goal and probably quality of the the North and South divisions of the National League and the Premier Division of the National League, yep. you know? And th- th- I think that's that's got a lot to say for itself, really. Yeah, agreed. Do you know what? You've brought us on to something again. Perfectly, Aaron, talking about 
gulfs in quality and, and setups of leagues. So last week I sent you a little bit of homework, Aaron. And it was to talk, you mentioned about having, or that there's, there's an argument here to be had for the National League to be the EFL League 3. Yep. You've had some I time wish, to go away and think. I about wish I didn't it. bring this in, argument into <laughs> into the discussion, really, because I've been I've been tearing my hair out trying to think of ways that it could happen. And the, my only way, and this isn't feasible, also, it's almost like a, a fantasy booking, like people normally do for the wrestling. Oh, I'm going to do for the mm, national. Right. You, you, I think you would have to completely restructure. You would have to completely restructure the national league and just have one league. So what I'm proposing is, you take. Currently, as things stand, we'll go. What what should we go? We'll go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a 15 team league, right? Right. I'm gonna say the top five from the north. Uh huh. The top five from the south, and the top five from the national. Oh. I think that is the only way you could do it, really. Um. But but then, like you were saying. There's a whole sort of wider discussion on why we this segment of this podcast would have been probably easier for us to have a discussion on. Yes, it seems a great idea, and yes, the league wants more exposure, but there's a whole sort of story on why we don't think it would happen. And the big thing is, you know, all the leagues being under different sponsorships, like you mentioned last week, you know, Vanarama taking the the National League and the EFL taking... Uh, league one, league two, and the championship, and I think yeah. sponsorship and the money that sponsors are willing to be put into the divisions that takes a, a play for it. But yeah, the only the, that's the only way I was thinking. Maybe do like a a five of the best for each division, and then put them up against each other. But I know that is one of the shittiest ideas that I probably come up with. But that's literally the only way I could look at it. So I've done a bit of thinking on it as well. So I didn't just leave you to do. The homework yourself on it. I've not told you that I've done this. So I thought of my model, but it's not just a remodel of the National League, it's a remodel of the entire league structure. What so from from like championship downwards? From championship downwards is for me the only way that you could work this to be in an EFL. League three, and this would upset a hell of a lot of clubs, and probably why it will never get done and won't work. So, here goes the championship, League One, and League Two all currently have 24 teams in them. Yes, I would cut each of those to 20 teams. Okay. So you would automatically, if things finished the way that they were just now, you would see dropping out of the championship, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, QPR, and Huddersfield. Yeah. All of them straight drop into League One. Yeah. But then you would see other teams. You'd get 12 teams essentially dropping down to form into this League Three. Then you would see only eight teams, essentially, from the National League staying in the National League. Okay. 
overall, it would be it would, it would be crazy because it would be a complete reform. But my, I've got questions straight away. Yeah. So obviously, how? What is your barometer of who stays in the national league? Whoever's the top finishing teams. So just the top eight. You, you essentially be essentially it's going to be your it's going to be your top eight, and the rest would need to drop. And then out of it. And then word of the word of the what about the teams that that have been so like the teams that would have been promoted from League Two to League One and League One to the Championship? Because obviously, huh? They would end up having to stay put. Yeah, to form these new to form these new twenty team leagues. Interesting. That's the only way that I can see it work is cutting down the, the number of teams. So overall, you'd have eighty teams. You'd then have a league three, which would allow some of the probably your top performing bigger teams to come into this league three from the national league. But then you would still have. A national league forming of the lower teams, where you, then you could maybe look at a different playoff system to come up, where you'd maybe get a relegation playoff coming up into League Three, and it would still allow you to have Here a national is, league the, north the, and the south. Scot- the Scotsman talking about one of the worst ideas I've ever seen in football in a relegation promotion. I love a relegation promotion playoff. Oh, I think they're it's great. Just- it's just typical Scottish. I want to be different. I want independence idea that in it, you know. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not bringing that argument up. Right here. <laughs> God, I'll piss off half of Scotland if I give my opinion on it. God, I couldn't help. I just had my stick there. That's in my opportunity to just wind the pot a little bit. <laughs> I, I annoy. I annoy the minority who lost the vote. I, <laughs> if I give my opinion on it, but no, it's the, it's the only way I I think it could work. Is is cutting down the amount of teams in it and, and doing it that way. But I, I still I still think coming out of the National League, if we're keeping the format that it is, promotion relegation playoffs the way forward. Because there's only two down. Whoever finishes third bottom in League Two, put them in, a, in the playoffs with everyone from the National League. If they're good enough to stay up, they should stay up. And then you'll I'll still only you get two teams promoted. What absolutely fucking terrifies me though about the idea of a, a promotion relegation playoff in the National League is from my team, Oldham's perspective, you look at our our form against the teams in the relegation zone and our form against the teams in the top seven, we'd get beat by like somebody in the bottom four. And yes, this season, if you're looking at it again, as it is, you'd have Colchester entering into this relegation playoff. So you'd have the cow you'd sit there having the Cowleys competing against National League teams to retain their League Two status. Yeah, that's crazy. Get Donny be, be Absolute test of metal. Donny, Donny will be all right now. We spoke about the, the craziness of them dropping into the National League last yeah. week, didn't we? I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll be all right. I do think they'll be all right. Do you know what? Actually, we've segued well again. Relegation spots. We've got a team quite enjoy winding their fans up Aaron I'm not going to lie who have dropped into the relegation fans they just actually, actually, before, before we start on here I feel like we do need to bring some housekeeping in here because right. just so you know just so you know I don't have any sponsor, like, ownership or thing on the uh, National League look Twitter account this is all Grant so Grant is taking the demographic of our Dorking listening uh, uh, podcast listeners and just 
shredding them to pieces. I think you're hated now universally by all the fan base. That's fine. Dorking fans can hate me if they want. Do you know what? I don't hate Dorking at all. I mean, it's it's so far I think from it. it was yesterday or the day before you did like four tweets on the, on the oh, screen no. about Dorking. I was like, this guy's obsessed. Do you know what's funny? Because the reason I do it is because they bite. <laughs> they just bite on it. And I'm like, oh, come on, let's do it. So, yeah, cheers for the interaction, Dorking fans. I love you very much. But it's good fun. But yeah, Dorking have dropped into the relegation spots. They lost 3 1 to Halifax, who won their first time in seven league games, I think it is, by Halifax. A well, it, well, and it, it ended a run of three back to back defeats as well for them, didn't mm. They've needed, needed a win big time. Poor look that we used to present within here must have been just depressed with football with how they were going. But yeah, they, they went away to docking and they they done thing docking done docking things and they they get, they get beat. But there was there was a little bit of a revelation that came out of that game. I after because docking sacked their first team coach. Yeah. Shortly after the match, now, I I just found it really really weird. That they sacked their first team coach. Normally, you'd find a team who's going through that poor, poor form. Sack the manager. They sacked the manager. Mm. But of course, Dorking they can't, can't sack the manager because the because Mark White owns the fucking club. <laughs> so it's just weird. Now, I get it with Dorking. He's got them promoted twelve times. Well done. They came from nothing. Well done. Like, applause to that. But you're in the National League now. Where's the ceiling for Mark White? Is this Mark White ceiling? I love everything that he's done with the club. I think it's a great club. I don't hate Mark White. I've not got a vendetta against Mark White or Dorking. I'm, I'm just trying to raise a question to see question if it was any other club. In the country, you the know, fans would be shooting will, for the manager to be sacked. One thing I will say about the ceiling and going a little bit off track, but I, th- I wonder whether Mark White feels like he'd be comfortable in either this division or or the division below. Because, like we say, I'm a big fan of him and, and how honest and open and candid he is yeah. in his interviews. But I don't know whether he'd be able to tone that sort of level of professionalism up for that. Like, you know, if he ever got into, like, say, the EFL or the other, like, I'd love to see how like, a bunch of amateurs would go about doing, like, EFL regulations and stuff. So I wonder, for, for his type of personality, whether he's just better suited to, like, National League South and, and this sort of division. You know? The thing is, he couldn't. He can't manage in the nas- in the, the EFL at the moment. Because to manage in the EFL, you need to have all your coaching badges set, and he doesn't have his coaching badges. Right, that's interesting. So he can't do it. So this is his ceiling. The National League currently, unless he goes out and gets all of his coaching badges, is his. And he said, he, he said, uh, under no circumstances on and under the Cosh podcast I listened to that. He didn't want to do his, he, and in his words, he was like, "I don't, I don't want to do them fucking coaching badges." <laughs> so yeah, to him, I don't think that's an option. But you know, I'm considering we do own this baby ship together. I feel like I have got to jump with you a little bit. I do think 
And to be fair, to be fair, it's not just all Dawkins fans coming at you. I've seen some Dawkins fans also raise similar sort of questions to mm-hmm. you now. So we could call you a trailblazer, really, then, if that's the way we wanted to go about it. But I do think at some point, he's going to have to have a sit down with himself. I know. Just sit, sit <laughs> down in front of a mirror and be like, right, Mark, what are we going to do here? Do we appoint someone else? No, Mark, I'm quite happy should, being the manager of this club. He should. They should do a club statement saying, uh, "Mark right, uh, uh, Mark White has relieved Mark uh, White of his duties." And then the next week, he just comes back in like, um, like costume and uh, and like makeup and stuff as a completely different identity. You know, he should have a big pair of glasses with a no massive <laughs> nose and the mustache on it. I mean, Mark White with a K. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But the, there is there is a part of me that like still hopes, and you know what, I'm gonna make a bold call here. But I think, I think, I think Dawkins will stay up, and I also think Woking will, even though they've, they've had a little bit of good form over the last sort of five games, I think they'll end up dropping again, and I think Dawkins will just stay up by the skin of the teeth because. We can say what we want about Mark White, but in previous seasons at this level, he's always seemed to pull it out of his ass when he's needed to pull it out of his yeah. ass, you know. And I think he'll just about manage to do it now. That's but that's just my prediction. You see, if they do manage to pull it out their ass, and then next season the same happens again, are they just going to continually be happy with just well, being I th- in this league? I think you just you just summed it up yourself, didn't you? I think obviously we can't speak for Dorking fans again. If if you have your opinions, please get on and uh, and tell us what you think. But I think, like you say, 12 promotions, they've come from nothing, they've come from playing in parks. Are they just happy to have, you know, a team knocking about playing against professional teams? Maybe they are. You know what I mean? If I decided, if I decided I wanted to create a football team and we did what Dawkins would do, I'd be happy as Larry to do Spend the rest of my days in the sunset of that division, you know what I mean? Yeah, imagine coming down, you're like, oh, great, we've had Rex in the last couple of seasons, we've had the cameras there, we've had Notts County, we've got Hartlepool, we've got Oldham, we've got Rochdale, we're playing against clubs, they played against Scunthorpe last season, ex-Premier League clubs coming down, and they're like, do you know what, we're having a right old jolly here. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe I've got it completely wrong. Listen, I, I think it's a very, it's a very bold opinion for you to uphold and continue to stir the pot with. But also, I don't think it's the wildest opinion I've ever heard. I just think with the specific club model that you're talking about, I think it is. It's because, like you keep saying, Dawkins isn't like any other club. So I think, no, I think really. they're a lot more. I don't want to say sensitive because I know I've Dawkins fans coming for me, but they're a lot more uh, passionate yeah. about. Mark White, then maybe you know an Oldham or a Hartlepool would be in getting rid of a David Unsworth or getting rid of a um, I forgot the name of the manager that you sat, John Askey. That's it, thank you. Um, I think, yeah, I think they're, they're a lot more passionate because it is his project, it is our project, and they're like the one big group out there, really, and they all fight for each other. So, basically, if you just called every Dorking fan snowflakes, I mean. No, but I do think I do think some of the Dorking fans that I have seen, obviously they do get rattled a little bit easily, and and some of some of the responses to you, it's like it's almost like they can't handle someone having a different opinion to like 
themselves on their own on, on their own football club, and and you, you can't be like that nowadays, you know, like it's because we are in unfortunately we are we are in a very very social media heavy world, and the the biggest thing about social media is everyone's allowed in opinions. You know what I mean? Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. You just might not like theirs, and apparently, <laughs> docking fans don't like mine. Can I tell you what we do like though? I really like ad breaks. I love ad breaks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce in our adverts for this week, and we will be back with you in a minute or two. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I hope you enjoyed that. I loved it. Did you enjoy that, Aaron? And that is prime example of where to put an ad break in at the right time. Oh, absolutely perfect before we get killed by a whole fan base. Yes, exactly. So, where were we? I think we're still talking results, aren't we? So, Oh, yeah. So, I am moving on to a game which I didn't really think would be groundbreaking at all, but it's important for, for one of the two, or for the, one of the two teams here. We're looking at Eastleigh versus Fylde. So we had Eastleigh 1, Fylde 2. Aaron, if you can start to take that away, I need to see something. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, so, look, um, we've, we've filed, we, we've spoke now for, for weeks, you know, about their sort of upturn in, in form, and it, it, just, it just continues to get better and better really for them doesn't it you know the they are like on some sort of crazy crazy good unbeaten run at the minute um and yeah they, they just turned up did the job again and they are but the thing is we filed like i said like i i almost think they have been in a little bit of a false pretense and a false position a little bit this season because you know uh they've got They've got some good, like really good technical footballers there that 
shouldn't really be in the position that they are in. You look at like Nick Horton, um, John Ustabi, um, play, you know, some serious, serious players at this division that it's hardly a surprise that if they get the tactics right, that I, I never once thought that Fylde would be in serious, serious trouble, to be fair. Like, and I think I think they're just proving the proving time and time again that they will be okay now and they'll kind of just settle into mid table. I, I I might actually put my neck on the line here. I think potentially potentially right now I think I'm just looking at the table. So I think what do I think? I'm good at saying I think without thinking. Um I so Failed for me, they could. I'm just gonna say could. They could get a top, uh, a top twelve finish. I think. I think because I think they will continue to improve and improve. And I don't know how long this unbeaten run's gonna go for, but I, I, I expect it to go on a little bit longer. And obviously, it is, it's a great, it's a great sort of momentum build. But again, I don't think I'm wholly surprised that they have been able to put this run together because. You know they've got they've got some really good technical players, and I think that's come into the fore in the last couple of weeks. Just rolling that together, Aaron. I was having a complete mare there. I um, I, I said I think about twenty-seven times, but we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. It, it was kind of it was hard to talk to myself then, but I think I did all right. I think I did all right. I think you did fine. I had my headset on through the full thing. I'm just having an absolute mare on this podcast tonight, but oh, oh well. This is what you get when you're trying to do parenting alone one night and you have a child going mental and then you have a dog going mental in the background. So, <laughs> yeah, we roll we roll with it. But yeah, I think it's a huge result. I think it's a huge result for Fylde. They've got a good... They, they do have a good upturn in form. And do you think we're going to see them... Cl- you said, do you think we're going to see them climbing through the table? I, I said I think they'll get top 12. I think they'll get twelfth. I'll put it out there, not not top twelve. I don't think they'll go on some sort of mad late playoff charge. I don't. I don't know whether they've got that in them, but I do maybe think that they'll get the, like somewhere they could get a top half finish. So I'm just going to look at the fixtures that they've got coming up over the next few games. So got before you do that, can I just yeah. touch upon that? And I'm not I, like it is a little bit of a, a little bit of a um, going off track, but. Nick Horton for me is someone now for like multiple seasons that I've looked and I thought, surely you can play higher. You know what I mean? Like some of his goals this season, and I know like this is might be a little bit of an exclusive, but I know um, Oldham were interested in him right at the beginning of the summer. Um, but obviously it didn't materialise and he signed his new contract at Pyle. But it does surprise me because he... He does strike me as a player that could comfortably play at a higher level if he chooses to. But what is he now? Is he is he twenty nine, twenty eight? He's, he's he's twenty nine now. Yeah, he so, but he's already he's already been tried at a higher level, hasn't he? he? Was tried through Fleetwood, and then he was tried at Salford, loaned out to Chorley, back at Salford, and then he made the move back back to file. Is it? I think it's a case of we we spoke about this briefly last week as well about just. Finding your level, and also it's not not just that, but I feel like <laughs> again we're probably opening a whole can of worms. But I feel like there's a group of players that we could speak about that maybe 
too good for National League level, but not good enough for EFL level. So you're like, you know what I mean? You're kind of stuck in that middle ground, really. Um, goes back to League Three, doesn't it? Yeah, just, just, shove all, just shove all the players in like an open invitational. Um, but yeah, I've always rated Horton and and I'm not surprised to see him stepping up now when his team needed him, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's got nine he's got nine this season after on 30 appearances. You look at his previous seasons, he scored 26 the two previous seasons in both 21 and 19 games, respectively. So you know what he's about, don't you? Mm. Yeah. But he's, he's always going to be a threat. And we've mentioned your predictions a little bit earlier on. Here we go. So I'm just going to talk about briefly about a little feature yourself and Lauren brought in on the preview pod. So for those that haven't listened, they're doing a preview competition. I'm going to say competition, a little preview, uh, sorry, a predictions competition or predictions league. And you said it's going to be the most hotly contested part of the preview podcast. Because because what's Probably because what's riding on it uh, at the end of the season. So basically, this boils down to the last, the last show me and Lauren will do together of the season. Uh, the winner of the podcast uh, gets to see the lo- uh, sorry, the winner of the predictions league gets to see the loser of the predictions league in the football kit of their team. So obviously, for those that don't know, um, Lauren is a massive Stockport County fan, and I'm a massive Oldham Athletic fan. And in in the past, historically, Oldham fans and Stockport fans are not supposed to get on. So there is a little bit of needle, a little bit of spice to to the Predictions League. And look, I've had to eat a little bit of humble pie, really, because I was, you know, first week in uh, with a Stockport fan, I was kind of giving it the big, and I was like, yeah, this is my home, this is my territory, I'm going to... I'm the expert. I'll do. I'll do well in this predictions league. And Lauren's come week one, and I will remind everyone it is week one, so I'm not panicking yet because we've got multiple podcasts to do. But she's kind of smashed it out of the park for week one. Really, I'm lagging a bit behind. She really did as well. She really did smash it out of the park on it. And Aaron, you're just gonna need to do better, mate. I mean, if you're I wanting, to, if you're wanting to continue. Just on the review show as well. I mean, I could just replace you with Lauren. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you continue to lose, I'm like, Lauren, you need to come in and do this this show with us. So <laughs> The thing is, you have to remember, I'm an Oldham fan. So up until this season, I'm used to losing. So it's like, it's, it's, it's it, like, I was going to say embedded in me. I don't know if that's the right word. Embedded. <laughs> Embedded, not, that's the word. Yeah, not, not embedded <laughs> in you. That's that's something completely different, Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just used to seeing people lose, so it's like it's an automatic response. But you know what? Actually, if you want to play that game, so so well, I still stand by, even though you've got splinters in your ass. We've not re- well. We have dis- discussed a, a, stru- a point structure, but I don't know whether we've got it finalised yet. But so for the Altringham uh, Rochdale game, I predicted three one. Lauren predicted two one. Now I think I should take the majority of the points, uh, considering I, pre- I, no. I got the most goals in in no. that prediction. I'm bringing um, the hammer down on this. So if you're doing a predictions league, you get a point if you score if you get the right outcome. So the right result, 
You get three points if you get the right score. And if you get nothing, if you get neither of the two right, you get nothing. So, so you've both got the right result. Go on then. I'll tell you what we can do for this segment of the podcast because we've been struggling because uh, my my little disabled brain can't comprehend numbers sometimes. So you can be the scorer. You can be you can add up the scores for week one for us. So we've got a definite winner here. I know, I know Lauren's won it, but I want to know how many I'm behind. That's so fine. so we both got Altrincham to beat Rochdale. So according to you, that is what well, one point one each. point each. Okay, so this is where Lauren takes an early advantage because she got 1-0 boring wood bang on and I said 1-0. That's three points for Lauren there. So, so what to do, send me send me both your predictions over Yeah, and I will score it and then you can announce what the scoring sat at on the preview podcast. Okay, yeah, I like that, I like that. So if if Lauren's that, listening right? to this, then... then... I think she'll like that as well, but I'll send her yep. a message and say that's how we're going to do it. And then but I'll keep for... tabbed on it each and every week to see who's winning. Oh, I know for week one. So it's um... your, com- your competition between the two of you and being the ref of it. Yes. And all I know for week one is is, is Lauren is leading, but the um, the it's not about the... It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know what I mean? Yep, I'm gonna spread. I'm gonna work my way in. I'm a bit like Oldham Athletic this season. We started off slow with somebody that didn't really have much tactical tactical now. So I'm not saying I don't have tactical now, but I will learn and progress on the job. You know, I, I'm a I'm a who can I compare myself to? I'm a little bit like Roberto Deserbi. You know, I will I will change it up. I'm a tactical mastermind, and you'll see that in weeks going forward. You know, we will see. We'll see how you get on. But you see if you're still for. If you're still behind after four weeks, I'm going to be ashamed. And you're going to be like, what's this? All this time I've spent with you, Aaron, this last year doing this. So pressure, pressure's on, mate. The pressure I don't is want to lose on. my job, Brent. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Just remember to put ad breaks in. <laughs> right. One more game that I want to talk about. Our TV game from the Saturday night. What a corker. Ah, oh, Woking one, Hartlepool one. What did no? You both predicted a Hartlepool win for that as well. So that's neither. That's no and point. To be fair, you bunch of bottling. Both of us would have got a point for the win if if you would have held out. But no, you couldn't even do that, could you? Do you know what? It was a really. It was a tough one to to watch. I think it was a game by far a game of two halves. I think we were the better team for the first half of the game. Hartlepool probably should have been. I I think we should have been four up in the first half. The amount of opportunities that we were creating, we looked better than I've seen us for most of the season in the first the first half. I thought we were really good, but in the second half we set out to just sit back. It was like a different team came out. We allowed Woking to come at us, and you could just see a goal coming all game. We had a disallowed goal as well. I don't know what it was disallowed for, whether it was offside or whether the ref didn't think the ball was in the goal when it was a clear foot over the line. It, it was a weird disallowed goal. But to concede in like the 90th minute or the 92nd minute, it feels like a loss. Yeah. I, I just hated it. And it came out of, again, another defensive mistake. But it was with Joe Gray who scored the goal. He got passed out to him and he tried to pass it forward to Nicky Featherston in the middle of the park. 
when if it was an experienced defender, it would have just fucking poofed it. I think the biggest takeaway from that for me is, uh, and it's probably a wider discussion, you've seen this year with with a lot more late goals, you know, going in like injury time goals in this division. And I don't know whether that's like a general lapse of concentration or whether it's down to like the referees putting more added time on now, you know, so you used to be able to just stay switched on for like 92, 93 yep. minutes. Now some games you have to stay switched on for like a hundred plus minutes. Oh, it's, and like, it's crazy. It's, it's a different level in it, you know? Um, yeah. But look, in terms of your overall form since Phillips has come in, it's still, still very, very good in it. And it's just kind of a bit of a, do you think it's just a bit of a bad day at the office really? And like, I, I guess the key question is going back to our little bet last week. Are you still as confident that you're going to catch us and overtake us or what? Here, we've got a point closer to Oldham. We're only five points behind you now. We're closing the gap. That's what I was looking at. I was more annoyed that we didn't win to close it even further. But do you know I'll tell what? you what, I'll block you tomorrow if we get beat. <laughs> <laughs> who, have you, who have you got tomorrow? Boreham Wood at home. Oh, that should be a good game. Boreham Wood is coming off again at the back of a 1-0 win as well against Maidenhead. And also, let's not forget that we're not t- typically the same team at home for some reason. No, you're a strange team. Very, very strange team at home. Um, so it'll be interesting, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, there's, not, there's a few other good games that we've got coming up on Tuesday as well. So we've got Aldershot v File. I, we don't have all of E-Wieldstone, that's a postponed game. Halifax will be looking to build off the back of their win against Dorking, coming in against Maidenhead. Yourselves against Boreham Wood. Solihull Moors are coming up against Kidderminster, who are still in a good run of form since Phil Brown came in. Solihull Moors also, they look great with uh, shade yeah. that, they've got, that they've got on loan from Swindon. So I've seen Solihull Moors fans going... Why is why have Swindon given us shade? And he just went, he's absolutely ran the show for Solihull. And yeah, if he keeps that up, they've got an absolute player there in shade. It's funny, isn't it? Because you said about um uh oh, what's it what's his name? The guy that got the hat trick for Dagenham, uh Reese. Uh, being yeah. your your FM player, Tyree Shade is 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 mine. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, him and Troy Parrott, they're the two that I always tend to go yes. for. Really. Um, do, you, do you have spent so many years on or the last two years on lower league? Look, just slagging off Tyrese Shade because he's been generally a bit crap for Swindon. But again, we could just be finding a, a player here who's really found his level. Yeah, I agree. I agree, definitely. And sometimes, sometimes all it takes is like a, a a team to fit a player as well, and and just show them that bit of TLC and that bit of mm-hmm. you know confidence to go out and do what they want to do and, and take risks and just someone having a bit of belief in the player every once in a while can help, can't it? Exactly, and giving him the game time that he that he wants and he needs, you could see a real upturn in form for him, and you might see him either. Signing on in the summer for Solly Hull, they might decide to, to put a bid in and try and keep them permanently before the end of the season's done because we can still sign players in this league until March. Or you might see them get another move to the National League or a lower side EFL club. 
come because yeah. I think his contract's up at the end of the year. So he's definitely going to be someone to watch for the next few weeks and, and coming at the end of the season to see how he does for Solihull. And they've, they've needed someone to give them that bit of an extra boost. And yeah, the final game that's that's coming up on Tuesday is York City against our favourite Starkey. Yeah, I mean, so I think I don't know. Is it a must-win for Dorking? Are we? Are we at, do you, that's the other question. Do you think we're at sort of we're, we're sort of middle of February now? Are we at like a place where we can start using the phrase "must-win for games," or is it still a bit I early? Think, I think it's. I think we can definitely use must win now and Dorking still have a game in hand on the teams below they've got two games in hand on the teams below them they're kind of the same sort of games as the teams that are above them and because it's so tight from 21st in fact 23rd up to 14th If they yeah. get a run, if they get a run, they could do all right. But yeah, it's against York who are down there as well. They're on thirty-five points. Docking are in thirty-four points. They're both in the same amount of games. If they beat them, they're pulling York back down into it. But if they lose, yeah. York York are away. It's it's a, six what points. you would define as a six-pointer. Mm. So it's it's a huge, huge game for both teams. I wouldn't say it's a must-win. I'd say it's a need to win. Considering we're only doing predictions for Saturday on our podcast this week, I will give you a prediction for that game. Right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one Dorking win. Oh, there we go. You heard it now. Now you've mentioned again about the previews, and I don't want to piss in your parade with the previews, but there's one game in particular I do kind of want to talk about for next week, and I feel like I can't not talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's a huge game at the top of the table, and could this potentially be must-win? You've got Bromley v Chesterfield at the weekend. I mean, it's not must-win for Chesterfield because they're as good as won no. the league, but I just think it's a huge game because Bromley have Barnet chasing them down. They are hot yeah. on their neck, and Bromley are in really, really poor form. They're in poor form, and if Chesterfield win it. Just put making an even bigger gap at the top of the league. Yeah, it, yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm quite good friends with the lads that do the the bees pod, the Barnet podcast. I've been speaking to them over the last couple of weeks, and that they're extremely confident of securing second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like with some of the signings that Barnet have made, and you know, they'll have the moment. Uh, they'll have the momentum as well with the sort of. The progression in the in the trophy as well, and I think I think a good run in whatever competition that is, whatever guys that is, can yep. always help a team. Um, and I don't know, I feel like Bromley needs to sort it out and sort it out fast. But you know, we're big fans of Bromley um, and Andy Woodman on this podcast, and and we you know we've um, interviewed him in the in the in the past, and yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's. it's It'll be an interesting one. It'll be an interesting one because I think, I think if if, if Bromley do lose this one and say they lose it quite comfortably as well, you will wonder if that will do some some sort of psychological warfare damage for them going forward. You know, what do you think the way forward is for Bromley if they don't go up this season? That's a good question. That's a good question. 
Will they well, feel that there's a need to roll the dice and change well, manager? Or do you think they'll go, nah, we're not going to get much better than Andy Woodman here? The thing is, I don't know if we're being extremely biased, but like from the way Andy Woodman spoke about football to us, you know the geezer knows what he's talking about. And I mm-hmm. think he knows what needs to happen as well. So it's like it's like it would be a roll of the dice because you know you could you could try it and then you know you get six games in and you you then like shit we actually can't get any better than what we've got so yep. <laughs> do you just trust the man that's kind of brought you little bits of success in the past and exactly I mean he's I got them know. into the he's got them into the playoffs and he keeps if he keeps them in this top two your advanced playoffs positions it's a one of the best finishes with the best league finish they've had. I think it would be harsh to make a move on them, but they've got to get further than they've got in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's a tough it's a tough one to say, but it's a huge game this season. I think if Chesterfield win it, it's game over. That is the league for me. If they win this weekend, that is it. The league is done. I, I, I know it's done anyway, anyway, but I will just I know it will be done. That is done, done, if that's the case. So, yeah, Chesterfield, see you later. Enjoy League Two. See you you next summer, Chesterfield. We'll be dancing on your pitch again. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you're wanting to cover tonight, mate, before we wrap this up? Um... So we've done. We, we've done. I think I've done a very poor job of uh, a league structure there. But I always thought that that assignment was going to be hard. Um, uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I think. Yeah, I think. Obviously, it's big night tomorrow night in terms of playoff places as well, and a big night for my boys. I just hope we kind of because it, we are in a bit of a mini rut, and I say mini rut because it has only been two games. But it's like a second game turns into a third, and then you start to lose a bit of confidence. You know. So, yeah, it's a big night for us tomorrow, but I'm sure we can do the business. We'll see see what happens. So enjoy the games tomorrow. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast this weekend or this weekend. I am today, whenever you might be listening to this one, don't forget to listen to all of our other podcasts that we have. We have a League One and League Two podcasts. Give our preview podcasts a bit of love when they come out on Fridays at 10 p.m. And don't forget, we've got the breakdown on Thursdays live on YouTube and the 606 for League 2 on Twitter on Sundays. Everyone, thank you very much for listening once again. We've been the Nova League Lock. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.